plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. We are together once again, another great party. And today is going to be a really important one for you because um, we are going to make this show all about leadership. And leadership skills are not innate. They are built. And though it may seem that some people are born leaders, even the most confident learn how to lead from someone somewhere. So it takes time and effort and dedication to develop these skills. So in our second segment, we will have the author of The Hope Driven Leader, How to Harness the Power of Positivity at Work. Libby Gill will be with us. She has been endorsed by major people like Marshall Goldsmith and Steve. Stephen Covey. She's also a um, a leadership coach and a consultant, and she's a good friend of mine. She endorsed our book, which we're so thrilled with her endorsement of "Be the Star You Are: Millennials to Boomers." So you want to make sure to stay tuned for segment two, and then we're also going to um, be talking to you uh, and reading the chapter from the book that is by our own uh, Katie Chu who was a host on Express Yourself, and she wrote The Gift of Leadership for Be the Star You Are for Millennials. So the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be the Star You Are. It's from John Quincy Adams. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and be more, you are a leader. So I think that is a very uh, a very apropos quote for today and again just you can visit be the star you are at be the star you are.org so this is the gift of leadership by she goes by young ju chu but we call her katie and that's what you know her on she is um, a host at express yourself until a few years ago i was a shy timid and quiet girl I was the baby who wailed when too many people were around. I was the child who kept crying on the first day of kindergarten. I was that young student whose voice the teachers never heard. I was the childhood friend who only listened, rarely voicing my own opinion. I was the shy preteen who found it difficult to approach boys. Over time, I began to long for a voice, for more confidence, for the qualities of a leader, In middle school, I took my first steps towards this new goal. And now, five years later, I am the student who leads the seminar in class. I am the friend who brings laughter to the group. I'm the classmate who reaches out to the new transfer student. I'm the team captain who offers words of encouragement. I am the club president who organizes upcoming events. I'm the group member who divides responsibilities for a project. Leadership skills are not innate. They are built. And although it does seem that some people are born leaders, even the most confident learn how to lead from someone. 
Of course, it takes time, effort, and dedication to develop these skills. The formal emails I write today in less than a minute or two once took me an hour or eight drafts. Then it took me 45 minutes and seven drafts. Then 30 minutes and six drafts and so on. An email may seem insignificant, a sign of literacy and no more. But to me, it was a first step. For my timid younger self, it brought about doubts and obstacles as I had to sound confident in my questions, in my suggestions, and in my assertions. I was not accustomed to speaking assertively. Thus, when it came to these formal emails to organizations and authorities, I worried. Will I sound rude? Will I sound cold-hearted? Will I sound too shy or even unqualified? Will they take my email seriously? Will I be the person that they will want to bring into the room? For someone who's been outgoing and headstrong from infancy, a first step towards leadership might be running for school council. Or for me, it was just an email. But little by little, step by step, I took on more responsibilities, gaining confidence as I adjusted to each one. My transition from a shy young girl to a confident, outgoing leader was a gradual change, requiring my dedication to various roles. Eventually, others began to see me as a leader. When I was in eighth grade, about a year after I joined my archery club, we decided to elect a club captain by voting. And up to that point, I had befriended many of the members, regardless of age and gender. However, I was still very shy at that time. I never raised my voice, I never addressed the club as a whole in any way, and I definitely never gave any indication of longing for a leadership role in the club. And despite all this, I became club captain that day. I would later learn that the club members wanted a leader who could communicate with them, not someone who would strictly enforce the rules or command the group through a loud voice. They envisioned me as a leader who would send a message of encouragement to them during a competition, or offer a smile at any given time. It soon became clear to me that this was my version of leadership. There are many people who are like my younger self, shy, unconfident, and quiet. Many of these people believe that leadership skills are innate, that a loud voice and a strong build defined a leader, and that leadership is about power and complete control. They assume that leadership involves sitting at the head of a table in a conference room or making decisions behind a desk in a large office. However, the world has changed and will continue to change. And today, leadership is not equivalent to a loud voice. With the incorporation of technology throughout society, great leadership has shifted towards successful communication and successful language skills. Taking on more and more leadership roles, I found myself sending emails to figures in authority, messaging fellow peers, and calling team members. There is no doubt that in the future, technology will play an even greater role in leadership. As it becomes more and more prominent, leadership will increasingly become a concept and skill that exists online. Leadership will rely less on your appearance and the volume of your voice, but more on your ability to communicate, to connect, to make decisions, to create ideas, and to plan ahead. Leadership exists in many forms. It exists as the owner of an online business. 
the head researcher in a laboratory, the most experienced doctor in a hospital, or the founder of an organization or even of a high school club. To his or her people and followers, a leader can be a friend, an ally, a guardian, a supervisor, or all four. My image of a leader involved bonding with my club members on an individual basis and encouraging them. Leadership has no limits, no clear definition. What is your first step? Are you ready to take it? What kind of leader are you? These are questions that have no answers until you decide that they do. There are many opportunities to become a leader, and these chances begin at the moment of your birth and continue for the rest of your life. Leadership is a choice, a question that only you can answer. And this is Katie's exercise called Defining a Leader. Think of all the qualities that define you. Write them down. Imagine a leader with all of these traits. If you're an artist, draw the image. If you're a writer, describe the person. Recreate the image in your head in a way that suits you. Are you behind a podium? Are you sitting at a desk? Are you talking to someone? Is your expression optimistic? Is it stern? Incorporate all of these. This is your definition of leadership. Once you discover what leadership means to you, apply it to everything in your life. You define it, you make it, you embrace it. So a little bit about Katie. When she wrote this, she was a junior in high school And she's a nationally competitive archer. She's also a very active volunteer with several organizations, including Be the Star You Are, and is a host and reporter for Express Yourself. You can read her chapter, and she has other chapters in the book. In Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Pick up a copy at whatever store you like to buy books or for 100% of the proceeds going to be the Star You Are charity, pick up a copy at CynthiaBryan.com forward slash online hyphen store. You can just go to CynthiaBryan.com and you'll find it. And, uh, for the next couple of months, you can get free shipping. So complimentary shipping on not only this book, but on all our books. So when we come back from break, My good friend Libby Gill will be with us, and she is the author of several books, and I'm so excited to bring her on the airwaves with us once again. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and the program is brought to the airwaves through Be the Star You Are charity. Be right back. You stay with us. Be the star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 
and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is Well, it's really a power partner, uh, power party with my partner friend Libby Gill when she visits us she is the author of many many books she had a successful career at the media giants of Universal and Sony and Turner Broadcasting but she left that corporate world because she is now an executive coach she's a leadership consultant with Libby Gill and company and she is the author of several books and I want to bring her on the show and we're going to talk about her latest book The Hope Driven Leader Harness the Power of Positivity at Work and many other things welcome Libby Gill to Star Style be the star you are hi Cynthia so glad to be here oh I am so glad to have you on the show we've known each other for so many years and it's just a real joy to have you back on the show so thank you for for, uh, for coming on. And I also just want to give a shout out and thank you so much for the wonderful endorsement you gave to our new book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, because that meant so much to us. And everyone can read that endorsement on the back cover of the book. So thank you, Libby, for that. Uh, my was- pleasure. Important topic, uh, learning how to deal with that multi-generational workforce. Well, isn't it, though? It really is. I mean, it's interesting how the times have changed just since you and I first wrote our first books and even how you market them and talk about them and uh, and promote them online and all that thing. So much has changed in our digital world, which gets me to hope and your hope-driven leader, Harness the Power of Positivity at Work. I love the fact that you have those two, well, three very important words in, um, in there with leadership, uh, hope, power, and positivity. So tell us how this is a whole new perspective on leadership and uh, how you accomplished this, how you came to writing this book. Well, I've always considered hope what gets me out of bed. I I think of it as the jet fuel for the journey of of work and life. And it's always been something that I've thought about in terms of, back to one of my early books, Traveling Hopefully. That was the first book, How We Met with (laughs) Traveling Hopefully. I love that book. That's right. And of course, we're not aging, but, you know, maybe our children are, but yeah. Um, So... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and that idea of hope has always been with me. So as a coach, I see so many people, leaders who 
who lead by demands and uh, sometimes requests, and other leaders who lead by inspiration. And yeah. I, as I, I did more research, and like you, I'm always learning and growing and looking at new things, and I came upon the science of hopefulness, which is relatively new, but it comes out of both positive psychology and medicine, really derives from placebo studies that started in the early 50s. And it came about because there was a positive psychologist at the University of Kansas who decided on his sabbatical that he would study up and read the research and the data and the information on hope only to discover that there wasn't any. There wasn't really any academic study on this topic. And he realized it was because people felt that they just couldn't measure it. So like any good social scientist, he created a scale and a survey called the Adult Dispositional Hope Scale. And it's 12 questions. I had the good fortune to be able to recreate it in my book. And it really gives you a sense of how how hopeful you are, and and hopefulness, I should define, is, is not about optimism, which is kind of a generalized, life's going to be okay, not a bad thing, or, or happiness, which we've read a lot of that research, but it's about linking belief to behavior. It's about taking action toward a very specific situational outcome. Well, you know, what's so important, I first of all, I love the fact that this is science-driven and that that you actually have those steps in there to figure out how you can be hope-driven. But especially in the times that we're in right now, it seems many people have lost hope. Uh, people feel so, you know, they feel hopeless and helpless. I guess those are the two big words. I hear that all the time. Yeah. So. What, how, how can your book help? What can we do to change that conversation? Yeah, you're right. I mean, everywhere we turn, it's this sort of divisive, more um, aggressive nature than we've seen in many years. And what I the mirror of that in the workplace is where people will say, hope is not a strategy or hope is not a plan. And of course, we've all got to have business strategies. We've got to have, you know, what are our principles of the workplace? All of those things. But if If you do that without a future-focused vision and a real passion and belief in what you're doing, in other words, hope that you can create that outcome, there's something really flat about it. So I'm forever saying hope is a strategy. And I've had so many people email me and say, I'm never saying hope is not a strategy again. Because if you think about it, hope is that driver. And it actually, the... the, it, the, the derivation of the word is is hopian, which comes from Old English, and it means to leap forward with expectation. Well, if that's not a strategy, I don't know what is, right? I mean, yeah. that, that defines strategy. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and again, it's realistic, it's pragmatic, it's practical. And I think you and I share this sort of sense of passion and adventure and limitless opportunities. But at the same time, it's got to be grounded. You know, at this stage of life, it's it's quite unlikely that I will become a professional ballerina or an astronaut. <laughs> right. It's just, you know, it's just not going to happen. And yeah. I'm not, you know, not going to beat my head against that wall. 
But you can also look at what are the values behind what drives you, what what really moves and motivates you, and what you use to influence others and see what is what does that mean and for me it's it's you know I may not be a movie star which is quite frankly what I started out to be I've got a degree in theater and when I go talk to business groups they just think that's just very entertaining well and on top of that I mean you worked in the entertainment industry I mean you actually helped launch Dr. Phil I did I did yes, you did so there was some connection between my degree and and what I did in the world but it's it, but now it's taking that same value of wanting to to tell a story, to speak with a message, to instill people with a sense of inspiration and hope that that drives me as a coach and a speaker. So it's really when we link those deep-seated beliefs about what we think we're best at, where our skills and our passions lay, and connect those to our vision of the future. It's really how, and and for me as a coach and in the business world, it's saying, you know, you've got that vision, that big picture vision with a capital V in your company. It's probably on a plaque somewhere, you know, and or it's in a hallway. But how do you connect that that small letter V, my personal vision, to the company, to the outcome? And when you can do that, that to me is a real leadership skill. When you're able to do that by making that it's so clear and so effective of what how people connect to that end end result that we're all looking for. And if you're just joining us now, we're speaking with author, keynote speaker, and executive coach, Libby Gill. And we're specifically talking about hope and hope in leadership and how to have that positivity. I want to jump, Libby, to some of your speaking because you are a renowned keynote speaker. You travel around the world doing these incredible talks. But, you know, one of your most requested programs is leading through change, challenge, and chaos, which I think is a fabulous, fabulous um, topic as well as title. And you call you say turning fear into fuel. Uh, again, I have to get back to the times we're living in. People are scared. People are afraid of everything. Now we're afraid the economy is going to crash, or you know we're going to have another recession, or we don't know what's happening. How can we lead through change, challenge, and chaos and have that hope driving us? Well, first of all, we've got to accept that that this is normal. Um, ambiguity, Great complexity, point. all of this is normal. And, and if you can wrap your head around the fact that as fast as the rate of change is today, this may be the slowest we ever experience again. I mean, think about that. We're at a slow pace compared to where we'll be in a year or a decade. Yeah, yeah. So when people understand that and say, okay, well, and, and reframe it as, a, as an opportunity for massive growth. And of, of course, that sounds easy, but it's not so easy. But what I like to do is help people look at what's the resistance. When you, once you understand the why people resist change, then you can begin to help with them with the how of change. And that's really looking, I, I look always look at, at sort of anthropologically, the animal kingdom. We have that innate survival instinct and, and we're not 
particularly strong beings. We're not, you know, we're not big and powerful like elephants or fast like cheetahs. So we have this innate negativity bias. We're always scanning the horizon to see what's coming at us. And it makes us, and then we've got the brain chemicals that match that, adrenaline and cortisol that give us that fight or flight reaction. You know, we're either going to run from the predator or we're going to stay and get ready to duke it out. But our primitive brains, we don't know the difference between the perception of danger and real danger. So we, we, we get ready to fight, flee, or the one people forget about is freeze, which is another predominant way that animals blend in with their environment. They just freeze. And that's a lot of what I see. So when you think, okay, well, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to look at change as danger. I get it now. Now, How do you get beyond that? And once you begin to look at the the workplace and think, well, people are afraid they may not have the skills they need for tomorrow's needs, for business needs. They may feel disloyal to that last boss they had or the training program they went through and have this sort of this emotional reaction to, gee, so was everything I was doing? Didn't that count? So there are all these perceived things that people don't always know are just sort of bubbling below the surface. So it's up to leaders to look at, you know, embracing, you know, change is fine to create this sense of stability in the midst of all this chaos. It's, I grew up in Florida and, you know, we, we've got mudslides out here and, and fires out here in California where you and I both live. Right. I remember as a kid coming up in the eye of a hurricane. It was a oh. huge. And, and it's this absolute silence. So there's all this sort of mania, you know, this crazy stuff swirling on the outside periphery. But inside, it's quiet. And that's what leaders have to create for their teams. They've got to be the rock for all this change. And they've got to recognize that everybody works at their own pace. So while leaders, I see this over and over again, they've heard about the change initiatives. They know change is supposed to be good. They've gone through it a hundred times. But the people around them, this may be new to them. This may be ideas that they haven't confronted. They don't know what these big change initiatives are all about. Or worse, they feel like, well, didn't we just have a change initiative last week? What's this one? So it's leaders' jobs to over-communicate and over-emphasize that there is a a silver lining, that there is a positive outcome, and explain exactly what that is meant to be. So when you go into a company and they say, okay, Libby, we want to hire you, bring you in as a consultant, and help us find out how we can be better leaders, where do you start? Do you do you have start asking them questions? That's such a good question. It's a few different ways, and it really depends on 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 the, the who I'm working with. It's very different with a team than it is for an individual. With an individual, I. I I want to find out where they are in terms of their own growth. So actually, I start with a self-assessment that I have created and fine-tuned over the wor- over the years so that people can say, okay, Cynthia, tell me where you are in these 10 different sort of key buckets of leadership. Tell me about your communication skills. Tell me about your leadership ability. Tell me about your relationship building and your influence skills. So I take them through this really as a story. I want to hear what you think. And then because I left to my own device, 
devices, I'm, I'm, I'm much more on the creativity default, so I measure everything. I want to know. You tell me exactly where you are on this 1 to 10 scale right now, not that thinking that 10 is perfection, but just in terms of your satisfaction with your own progress. And we look at that, and then I typically would do a 360 assessment, which people can do on their own. I go in, and I'll talk to 20 different people, stakeholders and direct reports, their team, their peers, their supervisors. I want to get that full picture of what other people's thoughts are because we we just don't recognize our own blind spots. It And in the workplace is not, you know, occasionally your supervisor will give you direct feedback and information, but most people won't. It's too awkward. It feels confrontational. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And and if you are an underling, they're probably not going to give you feedback because everybody wants to keep their job. Yeah. Who wants to tell you the yeah. truth? Right. Uh, particularly for leaders, it is really I, lonely at the top. I think it has to be, right. Yeah. So, but somehow... Having an objective outsider, you know, I've got no, I got no dog in the fight. It, it's, it doesn't matter to me what anybody says. It's my job to report. So I will take all this anonymous, anonymous feedback. I boil it down into a report and I share that with no one but the client. So if it's an individual, we'll sit down and it's really fascinating. I'd say about 25% of people have just a, an incredible sense of self-awareness. They have a great sense of, of what the perceptions are around them. 25% of people, yeah, you know, there's... Somewhat. <laughs> yes, yeah, somewhat. And most people just really don't know because they're not given that feedback. They're not that sensitive to it. They're just head down doing their jobs. So it's really looking at you know, how effective am I? I need to know. And then we really work to, towards those strengths. And and my area is very specific. I, I work on high-level soft skills, communication, team, leadership, um, influence. Nobody's going to hire me to fix their supply chain. That's just not in my wheelhouse. Um, I don't overhaul their financial model. That's somebody qualified is going to do that. I look at people in terms of people and performance issues. And you help them bring passion into the workplace. And that passion is purpose-driven and hope-driven with your strategy of hope. We're speaking with Libby Gill. Her website is LibbyGill.com. As you can hear, she is very passionate and exciting. And she is a success coach and consultant as well as uh, the author of, is it five books now, right? I think it's it five. Is- it's Congratulations. five. Work- oh, my gosh. Start. I mean, isn't it amazing? We start with this one and you never think there will be more. And then they just keep on coming. Well, Libby, I'm always amazed because you as long as I've known you, you have reinvented yourself and your career and the services that you've been able to offer clients in a very impactful and um, outstanding way. And something that you're also doing is your Career Success Academy. Do you want to speak to that at all? Yeah, it's really a great opportunity for teams to come together. Um, They can come together and go through these six modules, or as an individual, you can take it. And it's really geared towards some some of the, the 
principles that I talk about in the Hope Driven Leader, and then there are key, there are specific live sessions where people get to ask their questions specific to where they are and the challenges that they're facing. I do that about twice a year, so I don't have one going at the moment, but I will have one uh, in beginning in the first quarter of next year. And how do you formulate these? I mean, how do you decide what's going to be included in this particular uh, course each year? Well, I Is really it based on what people, you know, are asking for? Exactly. It's exactly what people need. And, right. and it's what they tell me they're looking for. And some of those things include executive presence. They know their jobs, but other people don't know they know their jobs so well. So it's positioning yourself as an expert. And, and those can be for solo business owners and entrepreneurs or for people in the corporate world. It's also for fine-tuning those communication skills, for really reaching out so many people now don't have a traditional reporting structure like you know it used to be hierarchical and now most organizations and most teams are kind of flat everybody reports to everybody else and some companies in fact you have to attach yourself to a team which if you're not that kind of person that can get out and communicate and talk to people and influence others that's a really Really daunting challenge I'm glad you brought up the word communication because that was going to be my next question is that I, I find that today because because we are so digital and we're in this really tech world that uh, this whole idea of being able to communicate with others in an effective way has kind of, it's diminished. So this is something that you are really good at is bringing people together and helping them learn how to be better communicators. And to me, that's a really important skill. Well, it's so, some of it is so basic and so intuitive, but you're right, we've lost it through, it's the blessing and the curse of technology, but what the data tells us is that nothing will replace face-to-face, nothing will replace this kind of live energetic discourse that we all need. Next, you know, video and audio communication like we're doing, Uh, then email, and then last on the list, no big surprise, texting. It, it just, you can't really influence, you can pass information or say I'm running five minutes late, but it's not really a way to build a rapport, to influence others, even to pass along um, information on a deep level. Well, because right now people can hear your voice. And they know that you're excited about what you're talking about, that you really know your stuff, that you really want to share this. And we could type these things into a text or an email, but it wouldn't have the same effect. It wouldn't come across, you know, as the the leader that you are. Well, well, we all know email is notorious for having a lack of tone. And you can say something that you're meaning to be, you know, friendly or warm or funny. And boy, the other side doesn't take it that way at all, which is where... LOL, LOL and emoticons came in because, oh, I made a joke, but I've got to show you that that was that a, joke. a joke. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Yeah. So, right. uh, so it can be very slippery, but the basics of communication, you know, giving your, your team that vision. What is it? What's the big picture? What are we doing? And I just saw this great post and it was, I've got to go back and look it up, but it was some kind of a university, like a sculling, a rowing team. And their, their, their winning strategy is to say, well, it helped me in the boat. And it was kind of like a, well, 
would staying up late at night and, you know, drinking too much help you in the boat? No. No. <laughs> uh, will um, being late to practice help you win the race or in the boat? No. So if you can make your vision so clear and simple, then bring it down to what is your team or your organization or whoever it is that you're working directly with, what's their part in making that happen? Then it's a for, for a leader to say, what do you need from me? What is it that you need for me to help you do your job? Then it's the check-in with the milestones and the accountability. And then finally, it's celebrate. Don't forget to celebrate this little tiny wins. I have a list of goals, and I share them with a, an accountability partner every week. And I love nothing more than to check off a, gills, a, a goal. And, she and was then little, celebrate. Yeah. Yeah, just the the line through. It was so funny. Our first call, she said, how do you do that line where you're striking through? I said, you you highlight the row and then you go up to, you know, so you can cross it out. And it was like, yay, we crossed yeah, that one out. And know, we, isn't it funny to be a list? I'm a list maker as well. And yeah. I, I really encourage people, just as you do, to make those lists because it is so gratifying to cross it out, even if it's something really, really small, you know, that is, uh, it's kind of not even important. Like I made my bed. You know? <laughs> well, I think that's the first thing everybody should do every day. I, I've been known to make a hotel room bed. Yeah. Yeah, just because it, so it it sets you, and there's a funny bit of data that is, uh, uh, two groups were given those little punch cards, like the little loyalty cards for their yeah. for a coffee house. They gave one group a punch card with twelve punches, and two punched out. You know, they had to get ten cups of coffee, and the tenth one would be free. And they gave another group a punch card with 10 punches. Now, one had 12, but two were punched. The other had 10. So they both really had 10 punches. But the group that had two already punched off was much more aggressive and much faster about going to their coffee house and getting their free coffee. Just that psychological, wow, two were already punched off. I'm I'm already partway there. That's amazing. Isn't that funny? That is funny, but you're right. You know, we have to set, you know, this is why routines, I think, are really, really good for people. People say, oh, I want to always be spontaneous. You know, I don't, I don't want to be ruled by rules or a book. But the reality is we do have to have some kind of framework in our life to give us accountability. So that we know when we finish something. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I I schedule downtime on my my calendar and, and, you know, I've got my weekly list, but then I'm I'm looking at a post-it note right now on my laptop. I'll take that weekly list and things pop up, of course, during the day. It's like, oh, I got to do that and that and that because that just happened today and they want, you know, a proposal or a video or whatever it is. So I've got that, but then I go back to my weekly list to make sure I'm there. And of course, the calendar and I'll schedule, you know, I'll schedule my walk after we're finished. I'm going to go put on my workout clothes, go for an hour. Yeah, and I schedule that. I'll schedule a massage. I'll schedule a weekend, you know, getaway. And that is the secret to success. To me, that's what a, a real leader does is they schedule themselves 
for some me time because if we don't have any me time, there's no you time. It's exactly right. And and now people schedule their back to back to back to back. They don't even put in any strategy time. They don't even put in what, you know, I'm always reminding them. But remember in high school when you had hallway pastime or uh, whatever you called it when you had that five to seven minutes to get from one end of the campus to the other? People don't even do that. They'll schedule a meeting 11 to 12 and then 12 to 1. It's like you got to give yourself some. A break. Yeah, some I thinking th- time. Yes, yeah. I call it a potty break. And you know, <laughs> yeah. I need a drink of water. And I need, but no, I really appreciate that. I think that is that is so amazing. Well, Libby Gill is our guest. She is the author of five books. The Hope Driven Leader, Harness the Power of Positivity at Work is her newest book. You Unstuck, which was a master book. I mean, it's the new rules of risk-taking at work and live. Uh, Capture the mind share and the market share will follow. And traveling, hopefully, is how we met. That's I, I read that book. I was so in love with it. I contacted her, and she graciously came on the show, and we have been friends ever since. <laughs> and I'm just so proud of everything you've done, Libby. You Aww. are truly a leader and you're an inspiration, and you've been a mentor to me as well, and I want to thank you for that. So I want to give you a moment just to wrap up your segment. Again, I want to give your website, LibbyGill.com. You can find her books, her services. You can book her as a keynote speaker. You can bring her into your company. Yeah, she's all of these amazing things, and you you heard how incredibly passionate she is. So go ahead and wrap it up for us on whatever you would like to say from the hope driven leader or just what you'd like to leave the audience with well i will and and first of all i want you to know that i put for your listeners there's a, a the first chapter of my book that people can download from my website if they want to get more information or just take a peek at it and you know i will i will leave you with this thought uh, and and it will sound like it's from a self-help guru but then i'm going to tell you who said it and it is learn from yesterday live for today Hope for tomorrow, and that was Albert Einstein. Oh, uh, that is a wonderful way to leave us, right? So, <laughs> Thank you. That is beautiful. Libby Gill has been our guest. Make sure to go to her website, libbygill.com, her newest book, Hope Driven Leader. So, you too can harness the power of positivity at work. And consider bringing Libby Gill in as your coach. Well, thank you, Libby, for being on Star Style. Be the star you are. You are a star. Thank you. Well, you've been listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. I'll be back in a bit, so don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know what the guidelines are for truly effective leaders? 
the essence of outstanding leadership is not charisma or leadership qualities, it's performance. Executives who are truly effective leaders, they set goals for their companies, they set priorities to reach those goals, they set standards, hold fast to them in their own actions and their own behaviors. Following specific guidelines enables an executive to be consistent. And only when leaders' personal actions are compatible with the goals they set for others and their organizations can they earn the trust of those who must work towards those goals. True leaders make decisions and follow through on their promise. Excellent leaders don't say, do as I say. Excellent leaders encourage, do as I do. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, welcome back. This is our leadership show. I am Cynthia Bryan, and we're coming to you live on the Voice American Network. And this show is brought to you under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I hope you enjoyed our incredible guest, Libby Gill. She really is a, a wonderful coach and leader, as well as an author of several books. So make sure to go to her website at, at libbygill.com. Well, I, since we're all on leadership and uh, two of our Be the Star You Are books have the gift of leadership, have a chapter on it. So I already read to you Millennials to Boomers, a Katie Chu's chapter, who is a host on Express Yourself. And I thought I would read to you the chapter that I wrote for our first book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for living, loving, laughing, and learning to make a difference. The exciting thing is now we now have a trilogy of Be The Star You Are books, all available at CynthiaBryan.com. You can go and find all the different books there. And, of course, they're available wherever you want to buy books. But when you buy them from the website 
the 100% of the charity, of the money will go to charity. So that, especially since we're doing all this operation disaster relief work, it does help to sell some books so we can help others. So this is the, a chapter that I wrote in Be the Star You Are 99 Gifts, and it's called The Gift of Leadership. People tell me that I'm a born leader. I'm not sure how you can be pre-programmed to lead, but I have never been a sheep. From the time I was three years old, I was organizing my numerous cousins and giving them parts and performances that we would do on Sundays at our weekly family get-together. In the spring, this took place at the picnic grounds on our hill. Now, since we lived on a farm with no preschools or kindergartens in our area, my first formal education was first grade. And as the eldest in our family, I felt obligated to come home each night and teach my younger siblings everything I had learned at school that day. And one day, the teacher mentioned the name Girl Scouts. Although I had no clue what a real Girl Scout did, I knew it was an organization for girls. So with no groups in our areas, at age seven, I founded our ranch house Junior Girl Scouts. And that's what I called it. Of course, I was the leader of the pack. Members included my two sisters and the daughters of our ranch hands. Every weekend, I organized learning expeditions. I would hand everyone a piece of cardboard, some tape, and a crayon, and off we'd go into the hills scouting for wildflowers, which we'd identify using our nature book. Or sometimes we would pretend we were explorers, discovering new worlds, You know, explorers like Magellan or Columbus or my personal favorite, Ponce de Leon. An oak tree or a buckeye tree would catch our fancy and one of us would pronounce it our territory. And from that day forward, no one could climb that tree without permission from the discoverer. Now, my sister Patty loved these adventures and I would give her straight A's for her enthusiasm. Now, Debbie, on the other hand, didn't like the history lessons or the wildfire gathering, and she wouldn't heed my directions, and she thought what we were doing, she'd said, this is stupid. She was more interested in playing on the tractors, so I routinely flunked her for the day. I didn't realize at the time that instead of criticizing her, what a real leader would have done would have been encouraged her, inspired her, and listened to her. As a leader, it was my job to scout ahead and make sure there were no lurking rattlesnakes. Well, one day I decided it was time to teach my band of merrymakers how to dive. Everyone was really excited. We didn't have swimming pools, so being creative, we hiked up to the cow trough, which was full of spring water. Now, this was a big, round cow trough, and I announced that this is where we would all learn the fine art of diving. Everyone wanted to go first, but, of course, I was the leader, or so I thought. Confidently, I climbed up on the rim of the cow trough, and with much fanfare, I I dove into the murky water. When I came to the surface, I felt a little lightheaded, but I boldly announced, See how easy it is? Now you try. And then I passed out. (laughs) I had hit the bottom of the trough, and I had torn my chin on a big bolt. There was blood everywhere, and the kids started screaming. That day, at the age of seven, I learned that leadership is more than being the oldest, the strongest, the tallest, or the smartest. Leadership is not about bossing people around or getting them to do what you want done because you say so. 
After that, I became a humble leader. I encouraged everyone else to show off her own skills, her own strengths, and her unique abilities. I had learned that authority is not leadership. Leadership means being responsible for yourself and your charges. Successful leadership skills don't just happen. They come as a result of a determination to earn them. As my friends Andrew Dugan and David Murcott wrote in their book, Future Lessons, it's not enough to be smart anymore. If you want to thrive, keep inventing new ways to give value to society. A leader's job is to inspire, to motivate, to make it easy to do the right thing. A good leader knows how to gather the most intelligent and knowledgeable people for the task at hand, then get out of their way and let them create magic. Leaders have to encourage others to break through their barriers. They have to encourage them to release their fears and reach for success. Leaders are people who listen to their own hearts and souls and help others do the same. A true leader never threatens, but instead offers trust encouragement, gratitude, and recognition when others do it right. Leaders let go of ego. Having a title doesn't make you a leader, even if that title is mom, dad, or president. One of the tests of leadership, according to Arnold Glasgow, is the ability to recognize a problem before it becomes an emergency. And now, even though I went first, I wasn't doing my merrymakers any favor trying to get them to dive into an untested and dangerous cow trough. The lesson I learned that day came straight from Matthew 15, 14. If the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. (laughs) And I was definitely the blind. What characterizes a great leader? Reason, judgment, character, honesty, imagination, intelligence, competence, hope, future thinking, courage, fairness, involvement, motivation, and the ability to bring out the best in others. Authority is not the same thing as leadership. Leaders have a vision and can communicate this vision to others. They align themselves with people who can nourish their dream and make it come true. Now, since that cow trough fiasco, I have had more strenuous lessons in leadership, and I've honed my skills. An old Italian proverb says, keep the company of good people, and you will increase their number and accomplish your mission. So for my television shows, I did just that. I brought the best people together that I could find. I excited them with my vision, and then I let them do what they do best, because together we could find solutions. There are no rules for becoming a strong leader. You proceed at your own risk, and each of us plays many roles in life. Sometimes you will need to be the leader, but sometimes you may need to be the follower. The skills and awareness you learn in both roles can make you a wiser, more effective leader and an enthusiastic, loyal, and judicious follower. A Russian proverb says, if you make yourself a sheep, the wolf is waiting. So become a smart sheep and choose your wolves carefully. Better yet, become a wolf and determine the speed of the pack. Leading the pack is basically a good thing to do. So pat yourself on the back and pledge to keep developing your virtues. If not, choose a quality you will concentrate on improving. 
A great leader makes it easy to do the right thing and difficult to do the wrong thing. The success of the pack is determined by the success of the leader. Well, thank you all for being such amazing listeners and allowing me into your life every week, uh, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Network on the Empowerment Channel. This show is Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and it's brought to the airwaves under the uh, species of Be the Star You Are charity. For information about Be the Star You Are and to make a donation, please go to be the star you are.org. For more information about Cynthia Bryan or any of my books or coaching or works, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To visit the site of Libby Gill, our guest, go to LibbyGill.com where you can find all her information. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate and see beyond your physical being and know you are already the star you have dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And attempt, really attempt to read a book this week because it is like a garden in your pocket. And may I suggest The Hope Driven Leader and Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers. That's two books and you can do it. So speak as if your dreams already exist and act as if they already exist. And I think you will find that they will become into reality. So until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. Make sure to tune in to our Young Adult Show every Tuesday from noon Pacific on the Voice America Kids Network. It's called Express Yourself, and you will love that as well. Until next week, when we celebrate, my name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style. Thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, be safe, and most of all, make a difference. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.